Best friendhood. Best friend. 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 You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Best friendhood. Can you smell the French fries from here? Oh yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I wasn't having like a delicious stroke. <laughs> no, I just, I had a whole pizza to myself before I came over here. And That's how Americans have strokes. They don't smell toast. They, they smell, smell French, French fries. fries. <laughs> oh my I'm so God. sorry. That's, no. Not great. Uh, well... That's Melissa. And that's Jake. And I do not know her. <laughs> yeah, you do, because this is Best, Best Friendhood. <laughs> Where sometimes we make really uncouth jokes. Yeah, you know, French fries are tasty. Sometimes our jokes are untasteful. Correct. Can we, like, pause real quick and go beat him up and take his French fries? No. Uh, That's bullying, Jacob. Well, it's also bullying that he didn't offer to share. Didn't you just say that you ate a whole pizza by yourself? Yeah, and now I want a whole bag of french fries. Okay. We do have another bag of french fries (laughs) if you get hungry. (laughs) No. Oh, speaking of eating food. When you eat, are you more likely to be the first one done or the last one finished? First one done. Really? I eat so quickly and I don't even know why. I found that, like, if I'm eating just by myself, I eat super fast. Yeah. But if I'm eating around other people, I tend to either be engaged in a conversation or just listening. Hmm. And so I eat slower. I'm always the last one when, when I'm in a group of people. I'm. That's interesting. I'm the opposite. When I'm by myself, I slow down and I enjoy my meal Because sometimes I actually, like, prepare, like, an actual meal, not just, like, oh, I'm going to throw something in the Instant Pot and eat whatever comes out. (laughs) Good or not, right? (laughs) Right, good or not. It's food that I spent money on. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. But I think maybe this goes back to, like, eating disorder days, but I get super anxious when I eat around other people. Like, that they're watching me, they're judging Mm -hmm. how I chew, or... I don't know, I get all of these weird, intrusive thoughts, so... And one of them is, oh, my God, stop inhaling your food like a fucking pig. But I don't. I just eat faster to get the experience over with. Have you ever ate around a large number of old white men? Because let me tell you, there is a wide variety of eating styles, and most of them are not great. Chew with your mouth closed, people, and don't you dare try to speak to me with a mouthful of food. One of the worst fucking things you could do to me is chew with your mouth open because that sound Mm -hmm. makes me want to rip my ears off. The only acceptable time is if you have such a bad sinus infection that you literally can't breathe through your nose. Yes. While you're eating. So you have to. Yeah. Otherwise you die. You get a you get a pass for that. Yeah. Other than that. No. Get the fuck away from me. Mm-hmm. I will wire your jaw shut for you. <laughs> and feed you smoothies. Mm-hmm. And not even through a straw. I'm just going to pour them on your mouth and it's up to you to slurp it in. <laughs> Damn. It's your penance. Shame. Shame. She's waving an invisible bell. Yes, I am. <laughs> Taco Bell. Hey-oh. Oh, blended a Taco, Taco Bell. Taco Bell smoothie. Bell. <laughs> 
it's usually a smoothie when it comes out. Oh. Fuego. I don't mind it. I still buy a lot of Taco Bell. I miss Taco Bell. Oh. I don't feel like their meat's actually meat, though. People say that. It's just very finely minced. Mm, okay. And it's probably not the highest quality, sure, but it's still well, meat. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like you were starting to say something else, and I just kind of steamrolled over whatever it was that you were going to say. Oh, just old white men eating food. It's either... It's a wild adventure. All the way down to... You're getting your jaw wired shut. Mm, it's so after doing that for like a good number of years, I realized. Oh my gosh! Of course, I'm I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm actually very acceptable <laughs> with my manners. Yep. Speaking of manners, yes. Would you rather have someone invite you over, or do you prefer to give the invitation? Give the invitation because it's at my home. I don't have to leave. Also, I know what the situation is because sometimes if you've never been hmm. over to somebody's house before, first of all, you don't know what their living situation is like. You don't know what kind of if they have animals, what mm-hmm. kind, how well they mm-hmm. care for them. Are there children over there? Uh, oh, is God. there enough seating? You know, like there's Where a lot you of park. What ifs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no. I'd rather be like, come on over. I love come that. Come on over, baby. I was just going to sing that to you. Oh, thanks. Um, that makes sense. Like, there's definitely a comfort level. Oh, yeah. The downside is, of course, like, setting up or cleaning up. Yeah, which is If not... you have, like, if you're hosting, like, a thing. Sure. But if you're just wanting to hang out with someone. Yeah. Big deal. Plus, I got a lot of cool stuff. You do have a lot of cool stuff. Why and do you think I'm over here all the time? If anything gets broken, it's my fault. You know? Mm, not necessarily. Well, because I invited that person over. I take on that responsibility. Oh. You know? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because if I just lived my life like a hermit, everything that I own would be perfectly great. Yeah. But it would never get used. And that's not what the life of a thing should be. Fair. Mm-hmm. Next. What do you take for granted? What do I take for granted? Electricity. Okay. I just kind of assume it's always going to be there. Um, And plumbing. Like having plumbing that works properly all the time. Those kinds of utilities and like realistically like privileges. I don't even consider them at my apartment. All of that, all of the utilities are wrapped up in my rent. So, like, oh, I don't even have tremendous. to, like, pay those, per- like, pay them as a particular unique bill. Mm-hmm. So, I literally don't have to think about them. Oh, sure. And the first time that I was really aware of that was a few weeks ago. We had, like, an ice storm. Mm-hmm. And I woke up at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning because all of a sudden... My air purifier turned off in my bedroom and it was, it's pretty noisy. So like the sudden silence, I think was like the silence is deafening. Oh my gosh. And I couldn't hear my aquarium either. Mm -hmm. And I was so freaked out and immediately started Googling like how, oh my God, how do I protect my fish and my snails and my plants? Ugh, it was so stressful. And the power came back on like three hours later, three or four hours later. Like it was really quick. It was like 
still like very, very much in the middle of the night and the power was still fixed. Thank you to our linemen and other electrical workers. But I like I wrapped blankets and towels around my aquarium. I left a little flap so that I could like pour water over to keep um, oxygenating it for my fish. And the next morning when I was going to work and extremely tired, I was like, shit. I really do take electricity just for granted. Like it never even occurred to me that I should have like, I don't know, a battery powered uh, air pump to at least keep some kind of filtration going or a battery uh, powered heater to keep the temperature level temporarily. Like electricity is just always there. Right. Or, you know, like if you live in a house, getting a generator installed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. I was actually just watching this video today on YouTube and it was some of the most dangerous jobs in the world. And this this particular one was focusing in on people in India. Hmm. And one of them, like the plumbing is so bad in Delhi. Delhi? Maybe. I don't remember the exact which city it is, okay. but the the government actually doesn't maintain it Hmm. and they actually cement over the access points and it is illegal for people to go and try to work on the sewer systems themselves but there are these people who do it anyway just to try to make money and you know how much money they make in a day seven dollars for one of the most dangerous jobs they have to they take a crowbar and a hammer they bust through the cement by themselves just this one guy and he brings a bamboo pole that's about 18 feet long and his crowbar and his hammer and once he busts through like the sewer system is insane it's just like this empty drop down and then like one big pipe uh closer to the street level and then one a little bit lower and you just constantly see this stuff moving through it but people don't understand plumbing systems so they put everything down the drains like plastic bags clothing anything that they don't have room to throw away anywhere else they literally just put down their pipes so then there are whole sections of the city that don't have any water and the water itself is already so horrible like some of the worst water conditions ever are in india so this guy will climb down into that well and mind you like he doesn't have money for any protective gear he doesn't even put shoes on because they would get so horrible so he's down there in shorts and a t-shirt no shoes like in this open sewage system so if he gets a scrape if he falls over sewer pieces could actually fall and crumble and have killed these people who do this for a living And the lifespan for somebody who chooses this as their day-to-day life work, average age, 55 years old. Wow. Yeah. And then... So what does he do down there? So he literally takes his bamboo stick and tries to shove it into these pipes that are blocked to dislodge. Oh, okay. And that's all that he does. Just to try and keep He doesn't have any knowledge of plumbing. He just literally gets down in there and tries to take out the blockage. What? Oh, my God. For $7 a day. And he might not go home at night. Oh, wow. And then there are people who choose to be uh, freelance contractors 
at sulfur mines in an active volcano. So then again, they have to purchase their own protective equipment. Some of them can't. So not only are they working next to, you know, where the air is above 100 degrees, but with sulfur smoke flowing out of these pipes that they have inserted into the volcano. But then they also have that. It's like a volcanic pond, Mm -hmm. which is more acidic than battery acid and our own stomach acid that if it gets in your eye, like you're, you're fucked. Or if you have an open wound, you're fucked. If it touches your skin and you can't wash it off, which all they have to wash it off with is one barrel of old stagnant water that everybody douses like their hands and stuff in. And some of them can't afford masks or respirators. So they just use a wet t-shirt, which they make wet from the sulfur water that everybody cleans their hands in. And they spend all day. They could only get to this volcano to a certain point with roads. And then they have to walk with their cart and their equipment for two miles up and then down into the mine. And then they carry about 150 pounds worth of sulfur chunks, two baskets with a rod, and they put it on their shoulder. And it is, it looks so painful. And they get paid per the kilo or whatever. And they could make about, I think, $17 a day. And sulfur is in everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's insane. So the choices in the lifestyle that we have, I take for granted. I forget that there are so many other lives that are being experienced right now that are so vastly different than what we have. I mean, even in our own country, there are people who have vastly different living situations, right? Oh, yeah, of course. But people over there, oh. It's just insane. Also, P.S., by the way, with their religious um, rituals that they do every day, the Tanges River, they ha- and they're sacred in their religion, every day, 1.6 tons of flowers are thrown into the river during their religious um, traditions. 1.6 tons every single day. And some of those flowers have pesticides or arsenic and all of these things. That water that they're supposed to be using for everything else in their life. 1.6 tons of flowers being tossed in there every single day. Isn't that insane? Please excuse me while I go reassess and reevaluate everything ever that I've ever known or experienced. I have spent a lot of time over the last few years reading and thinking and talking about like white privilege and how I have that. But holy buckets, that like global perspective, so much broader than just like the perspective of what it's like, what it means to live here in the US, like holy crap, that is... I'm just making noises with my mouth. I'm genuinely speechless. I don't know what to say. And then I watched this video about kids and how they get themselves to school every day. I won't get started on that one because it's horrifying. 
But anyway, these are things that I didn't even know I took for granted, you know? Yeah, because I didn't know that either. If you're interested, I can share these videos with you. <laughs> please do. Okay. Yes, okay. please do. Yeah, it's wild. Because I do want to watch that. There's some highlights, like these people who are taking the waste and turning it into a profitable biz profitable business. So, like, there are people who go and collect some of those flowers hmm. every day, and they find a way to make those into different things, or um, even cigarette butts. People walk down the streets because there's these little receptacles, and they turn those cigarette butts whatever if there's leftover tobacco they turn it into compost for local farmers hmm. the paper gets treated um the paper that goes around the filter and because of the nicotine and the way that the paper is pressed you can burn it and it's a mosquito repellent which in india is tremendous and then the cotton or the the filter itself gets washed and processed and they can use it for filling in stuffed animals or cushions or pillows. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. I don't know what else to say, so I'm just going to ask you your next next question. Yeah! Would you rather have four seasons or summer weather all year? Four seasons... Because I don't know of any hotel called Summer All Year. <laughs> Bad joke. Um, but yeah, because I think the seasons are like there's something to be said about having all four seasons. You know, it helps you find a little gratitude, learn some lessons and some patience. And, you know, and it breaks up the year, which otherwise, could you imagine like how monotonous? Oh, my gosh. I know. If it's literally the same weather every day. All day. Every oh. day. Then that becomes something else that we would just take for granted, I would think. Or bitch about. Or bitch about. Yeah. Yes. Now, don't get me wrong. I would be perfectly fine if winter were far shorter. Yeah, if winter were shorter, that would be great. Like, November, December, January, February. Uh, only allowed to snow the week before and after Christmas. <laughs> Actually, yep. no, I don't like that. Well, Although, now that we're pretty. a couple weeks out from from Christmas I am rather bitter about how <laughs> the snow is still there and everything no. is icy and I hate it yeah uh, but the days are getting you know sunlight incrementally is, longer yes mm -hmm. I think what was it that I read like in 38 days the sun will set at like closer to 7 p.m. oh thank god I know <laughs> that's that feels so close when you just put it in in the context of 38 days right sounds better than a month and a half. Yeah. Ah. Well, so our title today, it is the dawning of the age, age of, of awareness. Oh. Awareness. Awareness. <laughs> I screwed anyway, it up. Now you guys know where it came from and it'll make sense because we're talking about Jacob today. He went on a wonderful adventure to help raise awareness for some children. I guess not necessarily raise awareness, but anyway, well, yeah. let's hear all about your beautiful day today, my darling. Okay. Like, I haven't even heard all about it. No, that's right. Oh, my God, no. I even had a couple little nuggets that I wanted to hold on to until we started recording, and now I've lost them. Well, how about this? We're already over 20 in. 
for real? Yeah. I talked a long time about those videos. Mm, didn't feel like it was that long, but okay. It did to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it was like 12. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I really Shoot, thought we babe, were like not. a whole time. I can't tell time very well, apparently, because I think I say that <laughs> most of the time when you point out that we're at like 20 minutes. Although, <laughs> there are some times when I ask you to guess and you are like, spa on. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Ask me when it's closer to like 53 to 60 end. minutes. Okay. Well, that makes sense because of session time. Yeah. You, you I am used really to that, good at that incremental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand this. Yeah. Do you want to take a quick break and you can kind of like write down yeah. so you don't forget some of the knowledge nuggets that you really want to share? That'd be great. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Slam it. Ah. Yes. It's delightful. It is much like your friendship and yours delightful and refreshing mm. oh <laughs> so did you kind of figure mm-hmm. out like the cool tidbits that you wanted to share yeah, i think awesome. so all right so let's start at the beginning what is this adventure that you went on today okay so the real beginning is how i met the woman who invited me to come speak today mm-hmm. at your birthday that's right she's one of your very dear friends oh my gosh she's amazing she absolutely is Mm -hmm. i mean i think i had been with you maybe once or twice when you two had talked on the phone oh yeah i forgot about that pretty briefly i think Mm -hmm. um but i was so excited to get to meet her finally and so at your birthday party when she walked in it was like that moment in the movie where like the two people finally meet like they lock eyes across the room because i think i was like outside doing something when she arrived and so when i came into the kitchen like i just remember seeing her at the front door and i walked into the kitchen and we both went oh <gasps> i was like oh my gosh it's finally happening <laughs> and i remember we just had like the most delightful conversation because our friend Lindsay is the most delightful human yeah absolutely <clears throat> so she was very curious about my work I was very curious about hers and in very different ways we both work with teenagers mm-hmm. we both work with the youths the youths so she's part of this really amazing program that gets a, a small group of, of teenagers together like once a month I believe and they get to do like philanthropic activities they get to learn like business etiquette and all different kinds of things like that to like help set them up for success and leadership yeah and so she called me a few weeks ago and just asked if i would be willing to come talk to her to her students and i was like uh yes please i would love that because you're giving me a captive audience to talk about mental health to and with absolutely so today was their life quality so like what age of teenagers are we talking about here oh good question um they're all juniors in high school so like 16 17 gotcha ow i just smacked my knuckle on my microphone that did not feel good um yeah so they're like 16 17 years old um all different backgrounds, very interesting, just really interesting and really neat group of kids. Uh, she told me a little bit about them when we were on the phone, and she said that as she was kind of preparing for what she does apparently every year in January, which is like a life quality or quality of life, I don't remember exactly how she called it, day. And she's like, I knew that I wanted you to come talk to my kids. 
I really don't care what about. I just know that you have information in your brain that they can find useful. And so over the last couple of weeks, I've gone back and forth on like, do I do a PowerPoint? Do I want to do like a formal presentation? How do I want to do this? And because usually you're working with a teenager one-on-one. So you can right. you can tailor that conversation to that specific individual. So finding yes. a mode that works for a big group yeah. of teenagers. Like 20 maybe. Okay. Like there, yeah. there's quite a few of them. Yeah. It, it's a totally different mode of teaching this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like typically in the past when I've done presentations, it's been like a school wide assembly sure where it's like ninth grade through 12th grade or seventh grade through 12th grade and then we do breakout groups where i have like 15 or 20 minutes to be like all right and all that stuff we talked about earlier here's one tool that you can take away from today we're going to practice it we're going to learn it and then send you on to the next one and i love those they're very high energy i'm usually with another clinician from my agency today it was just me yeah which was intimidating. And it was even out of town. Oh, yeah. And it was out of town. So I buzzed into work, had a session that went really, really well. Good. And then I was like, okay, bye. And he was so sweet. So today's Thursday because it, obviously it's recording day. Well, I guess that's obvious to us, not the listener. <laughs> and on Thursdays, I don't generally see clients on Fridays. That's like paperwork and catching up day. Yeah. So on Thursdays, I'm a little more casual. I'll wear... I don't know. My my attire is just a little more relaxed. Today, I was wearing like dress slacks and a blazer and my sweet kid. My first session this morning, I walked into the lobby to get them and they literally did a double take and then started laughing and stood up and they're like, what is happening? Who are you? <laughs> I was like, what have you done with my therapist? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I noticed during the session, like just having a blazer on, I was like, oh my God, everything feels like 10 times more professional. Like just sitting with my legs crossed or delivering a reflection. Drinking your coffee from your mug. (laughs) You know, my, my rainbow, you make the world a better place mug. Yeah. Best Christmas present. So I shared that with my client. I'm like, because we have a very, it's kind of like we're doing difficult work, but we also have fun. Yes. Like we get to laugh. That's so important. It is. To make painful things doable. Yes. You have to be able to incorporate some kind of levity. Mm -hmm. I guess not have to. Not everybody operates in that mode. Well, you have to be comfortable enough to do it too, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So I was just like, uh... I feel super overly professional right now. And they were like, you're, you are, but you're still you. Like it's, you're fine. Okay. So hit the road, got there, whatever. Um, Talked with our sweet Lindsay for a few minutes and the kids started filtering in. I, it was so strange being introduced, like having my little bio read. Oh, ah, it was like, Oh my gosh, I feel so like legitimate and professional. Well, you are. <laughs> I know, but it's it's Weird just to such be a reminded, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, oh my god, yeah, I really did do all of those things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was so much fun. 
so I had asked Lindsay if I could have two sessions um, because it's a whole day event for um, the youths. And uh, basically, Lindsay said, however you want to do this, I'm going to build the rest of the day around what you bring to us. Nice. I was like, holy smokes. Okay. So I had asked if I could have a 45 minute like kind of lecture like teaching, just here's the information, here's what I think you really need to know, both as teenagers and as people who are a part of this program to develop your leadership abilities and your professional future. Like this is how mental health and what we're going to be talking about ties into that. Do you want to bring some of the points? Do you want to share a few of the points that you talked about then now, or do you want to do that in a bit? Let's do that in a bit. Okay. I, in my brain, it makes more sense if I give you like, here's what it looked like. And then we can talk about like the details. Sure. I don't know why that just makes more sense to my brain. Do it up. So talked about anxiety briefly, uh, talked about depression briefly, and then, um, talked about trauma. Now, Lindsay had given me some forewarning that unfortunately there's some folks in that group who have kind of recently had experiences with death or grief or other kind of relational trauma life stuff yeah yeah so we talked about trauma and how that affects the brain and the body and then i went over time oh my god yeah like there's so much happening already Mm -hmm. um so we talked about that and then Again, I went over time by a few minutes, took a very quick break, and then brought them back together. And we just did some like Q&A kind of wrapped into some skill development. And if you want, I can talk you through the skills too. We'll see how much time we've got. How about that? Okay. (laughs) So this group of kids, they were amazing. Everyone was so attentive and like I know this is really dry material and unless your brain works like mine it's probably not going to be super interesting to sit there and have someone just talk at you about this although I will say like the dawning of the age of awareness like don't you find that this younger generation is so much more in tune Mm -hmm. with even just the idea of mental health and how yes. important it is. They talk about it openly with each other. Right. They ask for help. They realize that it's more than just being a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, like, honestly, I it brings me a little bit of hope for the world having these young ones who are in touch with even more of their humanity than you and I were at that age. For sure. It's kind of exciting. I think it's very exciting, and I very explicitly told them that, too, that, like, their generation, Generation Z, and the generation coming up after them, Alpha, even though there are some pretty significant macro problems on a global scale, the way that they are learning to approach the world and each other, it feels like humanhood is being fine-tuned at least in some areas 
which don't, for me, I believe that that is setting such a foundation where we can come together and fix the bigger problems because we've already worked on ourselves. Yes. And, and when we work on ourselves, we're hopefully then less likely to get caught up in petty squabbles that get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Something interesting that I read the other day, I can't remember where, it was a reputable source, I can tell you that much, I just don't remember which one. <laughs> a study was done and like in the sample section or sample group of Americans, 81% of men reported that being in touch with their emotions and being able to talk about their emotions with their friends, partners, family is a really high priority for them. Alternatively, only about 40, I think it was 42 or 46% of responders, so men, women, and non-binary folks, mm -hmm. 42 to 46% of people uh, stated that they believe that that's important to men. Yeah. So we, as a culture, really undervalue the actual value that men place on having emotional awareness. And I really believe that that's a generational thing that, yes. you know. Well, it's a stigma. It's a, it's yes. a um, stereotype. Absolutely. You know? It's such a strong and pervasive stereotype. Yes. And so having that awareness that as a culture that's not accurate mm -hmm. coupled with and not helpful or not healthy helpful. oh my gosh yeah. not at all but having that awareness that oh my gosh like most people really do value being in touch with our feelings and being able to express and talk about those with others holy smokes like that to me is a big deal coupled with again like how things are shifting overall mm -hmm. in our culture it's validation of your existence right yes um so i i let the kids know today that like i really appreciate that their generation is continues to push that yes um that boundary continues to push against that stigma so with anxiety the main takeaway is the idea of what we call the anxiety cycle. Have we talked about that before? I, I don't think we have. I think maybe not on here. Not on here. Yeah. I know we've talked about it. That's what I was thinking. But I, I don't think we've ever talked about it on here. No, Should I, I just go into it? I'm sure. going to go into it. So the anxiety cycle is pretty straightforward. We have a thought that creates anxiety. So picture a circle. At the top of the circle, just outside of it, you have a little dot. That's your thought. Like a sperm and an egg. Yes. Ooh, but it births a bad baby. Ooh, it births the Antichrist. <laughs> Anxiety, the Antichrist. <laughs> That's the only bad baby I believe exists. Uh, okay. Uh, so <laughs> all babies are inherently good, even if they're not cute. <laughs> True. Because most of the most brand new babies are not. <laughs> no, they look a little silly. A little squished. A little squish. Little potatoes. So, little mandrakes. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> <laughs> just came fresh out of the pot. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a thought that creates anxiety, mm -hmm. and 
our nervous system and our body and our brain, our natural response to that perceived threat is to avoid the anxiety. So if anxiety is at the top part of the circle, if anxiety is at 12 o'clock, at three o'clock, you have avoidance. Okay. When we avoid the thing that makes us feel anxious, we get short-term relief, right? When you're thinking about going to a new bar or going to a restaurant by yourself or going up to that person you've always thought was way too cool to be your friend and asking if you want to be friends, if you avoid that. Or writing that email that you know that you should. Right, yes. Um, We avoid that because naturally we want to protect ourselves from that anxious feeling. And that feels good. When we don't do the thing, we get the alleviation or the relief of that anxiety. If we move up on our little circle in our cycle to nine o'clock, long term, that actually increases and intensifies the anxiety the next time we face it. So then we go around the clock. Anxiety, avoidance, short-term relief, long-term increase. Anxiety, da-da-da-da-da. It's like not doing your laundry. And it just builds and builds and builds and builds. Yes. Yep. The reason for that is when we choose to avoid the thing that makes us anxious, a new connection is made in our brain. A new neural connection is made that, oh, this is how... We deal with this? We're supposed to deal with this. Um, The longer we allow that to go on, that little cattle path, you know, the very narrow little dirt path in the woods becomes the normal the interstate an eight lane highway it's like how we talk about you have to change the way that you talk to yourself in your brain Mm -hmm. you have to start off of that highway and make your own rabbit trail first correct so this is the reverse Uh uh-huh okay yes this is how we get the eight lane highway created is repetitively over time sure that path just gets more and more reinforcement which creates my my I can't say that word, so I'm not going to. It strengthens that connection in the brain, mm. which then makes it harder to change that. Right. Because it becomes so com- comfortable and familiar. And a habit. And a habit. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it in that context. So when we're trying to disrupt that, the one of the ways that we can do that is when we have that thought that we know is going to lead to anxiety and we know how this cycle is going to affect us, what we can do is we can interrupt the cycle right at the beginning. So for example, let's say the the thought is if I get tongue-tied during my presentation, I'm going to look stupid. Okay. Okay. So I say, let's let's catch that whole phrase in a butterfly net. Like we're playing Animal Crossing. We're just going <laughs> to beep, put it all into a little butterfly dead. net. Yeah. Now we're going to break that sentence apart. If I get tongue-tied in the presentation, that's fluff. That's not what we're actually afraid of. What we're really afraid of is looking stupid or being judged negatively. Sure. So we identify what the fear actually is. Condense that into a short statement. I feel stupid. Go ahead and just 
follow along, like just kind of imagine this for yourself. And it doesn't have to be the feeling of stupid. It could be that I'm a loser, that I'm whatever. So we have the negative thought or the fear that I'm going to look stupid. Now I want you to add in your mind ahead of that statement, I'm having the thought that I'm going to look stupid. I'm having the thought that I am going to look stupid. And then we add, I notice I'm having the thought that I'm going to look stupid. I notice I'm having the thought that I'm going to look stupid. What we're doing is defusing the fear from the belief about ourselves. We are defusing. It's called thought diffusion. <clears throat> we're defusing the 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 activity or the thought or whatever it is from the anxiety, which allows us to have some emotional separation or emotional distance, which then gives us the ability to go, ah, that's just anxiety. That's anxiety brain lying to me. What can I do instead? Some people will teach it as, I notice I'm having the thought that I'm going to feel stupid, but, or, or, but I really know my stuff when I talk about mental health. If I get tongue-tied, people aren't going to remember that. No, people do all the time. It happens all the time. All of the time. We are human. Yeah. I have a perfect example of that coming up. Okay. So that's what we talked about with anxiety. It is super duper basic stuff. By no means does this, um, by no means is this meant to be taken as like therapeutic advice or or treatment for anxiety. This is just a single solitary tool. It's a tool, yeah. That I'm sharing with you folks. The next thing we talked about was depression. Commonly with depression, you know, as adults, we usually experience that as. If it's major depressive disorder, it can be intense sadness, weepiness, tearfulness, loss of interest in sex, in pleasurable activities, in hobbies, in friends and family, avoidance of friends and family, avoidance of things that we used to enjoy. For teenagers, we also often see irritability. Commonly, teenagers present not so sad, but mad. Makes sense. Part of that is because of the changes that their brains are going through. They're pruning a lot of stuff from childhood and making room for much more advanced skills and knowledge and language. When that happens, it happens very quickly. The brain does not like fast change. So even though the brain is doing it to itself, it also doesn't like it, which creates irritability because it's uncomfortable. I just read this really, uh, I found it great, uh, wording that came from another mental health place. <clears throat> and it said, kids don't throw tantrums, tantrums throw kids. Yes. Because a tantrum is literally like their brain is being so overstimulated with different feelings and emotions, they truly don't know how else to handle it besides throwing a tantrum. Correct. Yeah. I loved that because, you know, me and tantrum kids don't, I don't do nope. well with that. But if we can reframe how we look at a child who's throwing a tantrum, if we can shift our paradigm, our understanding, our inherent belief about what a tantrum is, it's not that that child is badly behaved. Mm -hmm. It's that that child 
is experiencing either physical or emotional stimulus that is overwhelming for their nervous system and they quite literally are incapable of regulating that by themselves, which is why it's so crucial and so important for parents, caretakers, teachers, babysitters to be able to regulate our own emotions first. Yeah. To be able to calm our nervous system down first because our nervous system, our right hemisphere of our brain sends signals to the other person's right hemisphere of their brain. And it's a whole thing. I can well, talk about for hours, but body language or the way that you speak. Well, yeah, exactly. People pick up on that just yes. inherently. Micro expressions, mm-hmm. expressions, tone of voice, volume, pitch, all of those things that we are kind of unconscious of signal whether we are regulated or not. And that's how we engage with a child who is throwing a tantrum. If we yell back at them, we're just throwing fuel onto the fire because now they're also scared and confused about their caretaker or the person that they trust right. why are they screaming and they're not consciously thinking that their little nervous systems more. are going it's ah, more it's on more. top of the lasagna yeah right it's a lasagna that's on fire oh god in a yes. tiny oven <laughs> in a tiny little oven that is not equipped for it no. it's an easy bake that somebody's trying to use as a restaurant yep. yeah yeah so so as we think about depression with teens then of course the question about self-harm and suicide comes up one of the kids asked a really astute question what are the wrong things to say to someone who you know is or think is depressed i really liked how this uh youth asked what are the wrong things to say worded that yeah i was really touched by that Because so often it's like, what are the do's and don'ts of depression? Like the listicles or whatever that you see online. Mm -hmm. Or like, what do I do to help? Mm -hmm. Rather than what can I avoid to worsen? Which I really appreciated. So simple answer. Show up. Just be there. You don't have to know the right words. You don't have to have the perfect. Because they're never the same for an individuals and even in the same individual at different days or different moments yes yeah there isn't a right thing to say to someone who is really depressed other than you matter to me i'm here with you i'm gonna go get a pizza and we're gonna watch your favorite movie or i'm just gonna go get a pizza and then you can be by yourself because that's what you would prefer literally just showing up for someone these kids were so cool and in my experience 99% of their peers are also so cool. And the 1% that aren't cool... Need attention. They are actually cool, too. Yeah. Teenagers are just cool. Even the naughty ones. Even the ones that are doing stuff that they're not supposed to be doing. There's a reason why they're doing that. Absolutely. Usually, Usually, I should say. Every behavior is seeking to have a need met. Yes. So if we're lighting the gym on fire because we're, that's just who we are today, we're Eddie Munson from Stranger Things, guess what? It's not about setting the gym on fire. It's about something totally mm-hmm. different. Right. So that's my spiel on depression. Um, and then we moved into the trauma conversation. And one of my thing, favorite things that I learned from going to a bunch of different like extracurricular trainings while I was in grad school was um, I don't remember what group it was, but they started off this like, Oh no, (laughs) 
No, it wasn't them. <laughs> that was adorable. It was about grief and okay. working with people who have recently lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. And the way that the two um, speakers introduced this subject was like, this is heavy. We're here today to talk about this because that's what we were hired to do. Also, everybody experiences it. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. Yes. And we don't know where you're at today with your own experiences mm. of grief. Oh, that's wonderful. So if you need to excuse yourself Step and go out. sit in the hallway for a few minutes, please do. They brought like coloring books and crayons and markers and fidget spinners or... For you adults? Yeah. I adore this. Because they're like, and we also know everybody has a different learning style. If it works better for you to have your hands be busy while you listen, by all means. Here's some hard candy. Here, fellow humans, please be yourselves while we all talk about some really important stuff. Yes. It was so cool. In a judgment-free zone because professionalism doesn't have a standard. Correct. It made me feel so safe and so welcomed there. And I was the only grad student there, by the way. Oh. I was surrounded by other clinicians who have been doing this for years. That's wonderful. But it was for free. Oh, heck yeah, dude. So I went. Heck yes. (laughs) But like that, I think, was the number one takeaway for me. Like that's a part of that uh, training that I remember. I don't remember shit about what they said about grief. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. I bet you, I bet I you probably kind of do. do. Yeah. It's probably in there and uh-huh. I use it without consciously realizing exactly. it. But that stood out because it was so different. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite parts about today was when I when the kids walked in, Lindsay immediately was like, we've got snacks back here. We've got whatever you need over here. Make yourselves happy. And I Dude, was like, yes. That's what I love when I go into um, my therapist's office. They have stickers and I usually grab them because they are adorable and like seasonally themed. Oh my gosh, really? And if you want a snack, they get, girl, you want a cookie? Go eat yourself a cookie. Girl, you want a Coke? <laughs> Drink yourself a Coke. Hell they ha- yes. Yeah, they have everything that you I, for anyone. I love that. And I always have snacks in my office for my kids. Yeah. Because... Or and my adults, anybody can have it because how are you going to do really emotionally hard work if your body is not taken care of? Also, some kids don't get taken care of at home. They literally right. don't know when they're going to eat next or get treats like that because they can't afford them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that made me really happy. So I gave them that little spiel and then we went into the trauma talk, which I think we've talked, I've talked about trauma on here before the, oh, we, the vagus yeah. nerve all of that stuff yes yes so talked to these this wonderful group of teenagers about the stuff that you folks have already heard so knowing that some of these kids were actively going or dealing with trauma mm-hmm. did you find that they were really paying attention during this segment so, or did they kind of tune out because it was hitting too close to home yes and yes okay yeah yeah so Lindsay had very discreetly ahead of time just said hey these are the few situations yep not even the situations just these are the kids that i know are actively having a hard time gotcha so she had her eye on them her counterpart had her eye on them and the rest of the group group as well because we don't know everybody's story we don't know what people are going through right but it was really helpful to know like all right over here over here and over here those are the folks that I want to have a little extra eye contact with, that I want to just be a little more aware of, oh, just yeah. to watch what's happening for them. You know, as a kid, 
when you when an adult made and maintained eye contact with you oh my god didn't it mean so much yes when you were a kid it was like i am the most important shining star in the world right now yep i loved that i was actually aware of that while i was talking with them good it does i kind of forgot about that feeling but obviously you remembered because that was something that you chose to do yeah there was one kid who right in the front row had these big pretty blue eyes like oh my gosh just dinner plates oh my word and like that was when i noticed like wait a second i remember that feeling i remember being mm-hmm. that kid sitting at the front going wow Especially oh my gosh eye contact group. yeah <laughs> yeah it feels so much more personal so i really appreciated and again she was very discreet very like didn't give any private information but just hey these are the folks that I know for sure might have a tough time. Okay. So. Good. And I did notice at times there was a little bit of maybe some checking out, like putting their head down for just a minute, very discreetly. Sure. Like these kids were so professional and I know mm-hmm. it was hard. I know it was hard. And yet they still were so attentive. Like I can't say enough good things about this group oh, of young ones. I'm so excited to hear that. And then some of the others were just so like sitting on the edge of their seats like, yeah, oh my God. Like I, I've seen that look of recognition mm-hmm. in my clients' faces when I'm describing and explaining like when trauma happens, it doesn't just affect your memory and your feelings. It literally affects you all the way down to your cells. It affects every part of our lives. It doesn't make you a snowflake for not being able to just get over it. It literally has affected every element of your body and your mind and your emotions Mm -hmm. and if you believe in a soul probably has affected your soul too so to see that recognition and validation kind of light up on some of these kids faces was like huge just an honor to be able to be a new but hopefully like i had some gentle trust crossover from the trust they've built with Lindsay. sure yeah like being a new but trusted adult who can say, I see you. Who can open the shades of another window. Right. Yeah. And say, you're not crazy. You are not this alone. This is important. You are not yeah. making it up. You're not being overly sensitive. This is real. Yeah. And this is hard. And you are valid and you deserve love and help and healing. You are worthy. And you are loved. Yes. Our favorite saying. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Gosh. And then knowing that I, I obviously had so, a lot of like, it was such a mixed bag of kids. It was so cool. We had kids in show choir and quiz bowl or academic bowl, whatever they mm-hmm. call it. And athletes and like just everyone. It. Yeah. it was so cool. And they were all so kind. Like they were like such a closely knit group no clicks that I could observe as they were like coming in and milling around with each other. Like these kids are in it together. And it was just so cool to see them building this community for themselves within this program. It was so delightful. So I got to talk about like performance anxiety from the standpoint of show choir, which is what I did in high school. Then we got to talk about how to help an athlete when they're on. I think the kid was a football player one of those outside sports oh soccer or track sure 
I know what those are. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> uh, but he had a really good question. Like, okay, so you're talking about the vagus nerve and you're talking about fight or flight response and the freeze response. I freeze when I'm on the field. Is that my vagus nerve? Yes, sir, it is. It is a perceived threat. It is anxiety that becomes more than your little body can handle. So your nervous system goes, and we shut down and freeze. And he went, oh, wow. When, I thought I just sucked. Right? No. Because normally, like, <laughs> a coach would just stand there and yell at you from the sideline. Which just makes it a hundred times worse. Right. More anxiety. Just like yelling at a kid having a tantrum. Yes. Ugh. More so, flaming cheese on top of that lasagna. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's probably melted the top of the Easy Bake, and now we're just throwing coals onto it. We yeeted it into a volcano. Correct. This should put out the fire. Put it in some lava. <laughs> well. Oh, no, it didn't? Oh. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Does that mean it's not technically on fire? Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's how that works. Uh-huh. Um, side note, I was listening to a podcast on my drive today, and I heard an advertisement for, I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's a, a new podcast, or maybe it was a show. Maybe it was a mini series. I don't remember. Some form of media. Okay. About two volcanologists. Hold on. Like scientists who study volcanoes. Oh. Are called volcanologists. I went to like Star Trek land. Oh, Vulcan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. Oh, my God. I know, I'm like, oh, what? So it's about these two volcanologists <laughs> who like fell in love. And then and died like, together oh, in a volcano. And I need to listen or watch this. Why doesn't Hallmark make movies like that? Right? Like, I heard that and I was like, oh my god. I don't, like, fallen volcanoes are cool. They are. But, and I never want to imagine love somebody falling Love is dangerous. Almost as dangerous as a, as volcano. a volcano. And then when you are in love on a volcano, I mean, you thought anxiety was the Antichrist. <laughs> Yeah, so Love and Lava. A real life story of two lavas. The name was something like that. Jesus. Okay, well, I should probably The name my was job. something like that. <laughs> I should just name things for a you living. You should. Is that a thing? Yes. Marketing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Who wants to hire me? I'm very creative. She's the one that comes up with all of our episode titles most, except for one. Most, was no, there was No, there was one. Yeah. Because okay. I, re- I distinctly remember putting in the thing, I got to name this episode. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but it's because you're so funny and you're so good oh, at well, it. Thanks. You're so creative. Bad puns. They're my thing. And you're s- and they are not always bad. Well, thank you. Also, sometimes the worse the pun, the better the pun. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 It's a weird sliding scale. Like almost a paradoxical scale at Very times. Very much so. Mm-hmm. We got to get you talking to Adlerify because he is the pun king and you could become the pun emperor. Adeloxal. What are they called? The cute little... Axolotl. An axolotl named axolotl. Aristotle. <laughs> right. But paradoxical... A paradoxical axolotl named Aristotle. Ow. Ow. Oh, yeah. God. My brain. Ow. I think I just ruptured my spleen. Although, when you were saying it, I immediately pictured like a children's book. I, yeah, I got an idea. Do we have any out, anyone out there in listener land who's good at like cartoons yeah. drawing them? Because I'm good at writing. You're good at punning. With our powers combined, we could make the next great children's book. Series. Series. Mm-hmm. 
money, Because he's going to have friends. Of course he is. And they're all going to rhyme. So. I'm so excited for this. This is our intellectual property. Don't you dare try to rip it off. It's Maximus so. the platypus. <gasps> Maximus the platypus. I love him already. I want a plushie of him. Right? I'm telling you. Okay. Another business venture for us. All right. Not business. Creative venture. Wonderful. Jay and the Lamb. Oh, no. I'm going to be stuck on this circle. Please continue, because otherwise my brain won't Get stop. your notebook and start writing it down. I will not be offended. Oh, uh, but I want to pay attention to you. Why? Active listening is part of friendship. <laughs> We've talked about this. So part of friendship, that was, like, where I glanced up in, into, like, the last row where Lindsay was sitting, because... I was telling the the students, the youths, the teens, the children, the youths, the youths about how stress releases cortisol, which creates blockages in your brain, which impedes transmission of neurons, blah, 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 blah. How we overcome that is oxytocin, which is what we feel when we're closely connected to someone. Or an interesting song by Billie Eilish. That too. If that releases some oxytocin for you, great. Give it a listen. So I I glanced up at Lindsay as I started kind of vamping, but also talking up the importance of friendship and of being able to trust someone. And one kid had this kind of funny question. She said, is like word vomiting, is that good for you? Is that like good for your mental health? And I went, uh, hang on. What do you mean please, by word yeah, vomiting? Like, I need you. I know what word vomiting is, <laughs> mm-hmm. but what context? And she goes, oh, well, you were talking about like talking to a friend and having a friend that that's so important. Is like word vomiting to your best friend helpful? And I went, um, talking without stop. Yes. And okay. If it's going to be tough stuff that you need to just get out, uh. like, I'm really struggling with this. Check in with your friend first. Make sure that they've got the emotional space for that. Yes. And then, sure, go ahead and word vomit as long as they're willing to listen to you. There you go. But remember, reciprocation is key. Mm-hmm. So if you got a word vomit on Tuesday, you better be prepared to let them word vomit on Friday. Or, you know, two months away. Whenever. Yeah. It was just kind of fun to like glance up at Lindsay when I started talking about friendship because, you know. She knows. It's kind of our thing. Yeah, she knows. (laughs) Yeah, I just saw like the little twinkle in her eye and I'm like, "Mm -hmm, this one's for you. Did she wink at you? I don't know. I couldn't tell. Okay. I would would not be surprised if she gave you one of her fantastic winks. Yeah. I'm going to imagine that she did. And my, honestly, my glasses just need updated. Like, I couldn't really see her face. That far. Okay. <laughs> like, like, I know that that's Lindsay yes. based on which colors I see, okay. but I also can't see what else is happening up there. So it was just so much fun. I loved it. I loved it. I'm so glad to hear that. I was also super nervous. Sure. Like, Well, it's really been a while nervous. since you've been an in-person thing. Uh, Yeah, I think the last time I went and spoke to a crew like that was May. I haven't done it at all this fall or winter so i I was a little rusty i think but the kids were very gracious man they had good questions that's wonderful like questions that i hadn't considered we talked about covid and how that like the lockdowns and the the long-term stress oh my gosh the early days of the pandemic and how still around 
Right, but how yeah. we never really had like a reprieve of any kind. Correct, because like with a, a natural disaster like a tornado, like mm-hmm. it happens, there's destruction, and then you come together as a community to rebuild. These are how all the topics f- that you and I have covered on this goddamn podcast. Correct, my darling. Yeah. I, I love these kids. I know they're so smart. Oh, they make me so hopeful. Me too. Hope filled. Yes. They're so cool. And I'm so grateful that there are adults, professionals in this world like you. And Lindsay. Oh, very much so. Who choose to to work with that age. I'm a person. I don't believe that I could. Now, give me tinies like toddlers through (laughs) second grade. That's my jam, dude. Any older? I'm going to eat them into a volcano. <laughs> Just can't do it. See, and I love the little ones. Yeah. I don't know what the hell to do with them. Yeah, you I'm just like, have fun. Hello, Pat, Pat. What are fun? What are this? Do you like dinosaurs? I like dinosaurs. There's a, there's a wall we can go lick. You down for that? <laughs> I had a really smelly fart earlier. <laughs> uh, mm, Yeah. Oh, so like the one thing that I couldn't remember earlier. So as I'm talking with this group of very intelligent kids, I asked them if they had if they had heard about something. And I was like, I know it's on TikTok. I guarantee at least half of you have seen a TikTok about this. And they kind of chuckle and they're like, okay, yeah. And they raise their hands finally like, yeah, okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. A few minutes later, I brought TikTok up again. But I didn't say TikTok. Oh no! What did you say? I can you guess? It's how I refer to it in text. Yeah, don't you flip them? Close. No. What do you do? What is it? Tim Tom. Oh my God, that's right. I don't know why. Ever since TikTok became a thing, like I think it's so funny to call it Tim Tom. Um, yeah. I don't know why that's funny to me. I um, crack my shit up every time. I'm like, oh well, I was on the Tim Tom again. Like overly exaggerating. Like. Oh my God, you're 34. You're so old. Right. Like that kind of thing that I get from some of my clients. I'm like, yeah, I know about the interwebs and the Tim Tom. <laughs> I know. I, I'm hip. I'm with it. I'm with it. Dab. <laughs> Dab. <laughs> so I accidentally said that out loud. Oh my gosh. And like this little cluster in the back went, <gasps> and they all just kind of looked at each other. <laughs> the old made a mistake. <laughs> And I could see and feel the vicarious embarrassment that oh, they were experiencing. Sure. So I went back to it later. I'm like, I know it's TikTok. It's an inside joke. Whatever. It slipped out of my face. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is an example of what happens when we feel nervous or anxious. Like, I used it as a, a teaching moment. Yeah. But in the moment, in my own brain, I just went, fuck. <gasps> it happened okay and then i asked them like okay how many of you played animal crossing during the lockdowns not a single one of them really none of them raised their hands and i don't like i was thinking about this on my drive home like ooh, maybe i should have been a little bit more aware of like the different socioeconomic backgrounds that these kids are coming from maybe not everyone had access to that sure yeah and kids like maybe these kids are being trying to be really mindful of that and oh. i'm an old who just like blasted in like right tell it's me like about your that privilege. kid yeah the kid who comes in after a christmas break and like oh, i got the God. barbie dream house or you know and whatever. car and yes. ken mm-hmm. and ken's boyfriend and, and the jeep yes the life-size jeep 
Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, and I was like, wait, none of you? Oh my God. And I had to think like, how old were you when this happened? Two years ago. Three years ago. Three years ago. So they're 16, 13 years old. Yeah. So at least some of them probably were playing, right? Well, maybe. I don't know. Unless kids don't play. Also, maybe video games parents... for olds now? Yes. I'm okay with it's that. It's we're that generation. We grew up with the PlayStation. Right. Nintendo. Super Nintendo. But these, yeah. oh, they probably weren't playing Animal Crossing. They were playing fucking Fortnite. Anything else. Yeah. I'm so goddamn sick of hearing about Fortnite. Also, though, like, I bet some of their parents couldn't afford, like, games are expensive. Right, exactly. Yeah, they are. And if they got laid off during the Which pandemic. Which probably did. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Anyway, so then I, I'm yeah. like, oh, foot in mouth. Be a little more aware. Coming back to, like, what you were talking about earlier and, like, taking things for granted. Like, yeah. shit. Yeah. I didn't have the money for a Switch. I participated. I sold my body to science to get that switch. He truly did, everybody. I really, he literally did. did. I participated came... in a six-month-long study. Yes. He came and told me, he's like, I'm doing this study. And I went, okay. He's like, because I want to buy a switch. Yes. So, yes, he literally signed up for medical research so he could buy a switch. <laughs> yep. Yep. A gaming console for your body, please. <laughs> Welcome to capitalism. Hi, give us this data once a week. Okay. You bet. Anything for you. Money, please. Money, please. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, 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 boop. Uh, speaking of money, if you want to sell your body to science, I know a, a guy. You get to keep your body. You just have to, like, go do a study every now and then, like, give blood sometimes. Like a pervert study? No. Oh. I mean, I we could probably find that guy, too. I mean... Their, could, the internet is a wild place. That would make us pimps. What? They would come to us for that guy's contact. We would be their pimp for this dude. I prefer to call myself a networker. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I'm surprised you didn't say madam. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that didn't even occur to me. Yeah. I was, I was like, <laughs> how can I make this as like over-the-top businessy as I can. Ah, uh, I understand. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Fair, fair, um, fair. Pimp is what you used to refer to as, just like it used to be stewardess, now it's flight attendant. It used to be pimp, now it's professional connector. Personnel manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, uh, goodness. Sex work is real work. Yeah. You're getting paid for doing something, that's work. Yep. Yeah. We all use our body in some fashion for work. Yep. So what the fuck is the problem? There's not one. Okay, good. Just people's perceived... Judgments. Yeah. Yeah. Biases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a different topic for And gross day. organized religion. Ugh. Which is weirdly obsessed with sex and controlling oh, people's God. sex. Now, is it... I would not be surprised if... Like, super-duper questions are, like, super-duper wild. I mean, that makes me think of, like, Angela Kinsey or Angela uh -huh. Martin and Dwight Schrute. Right? Like, she presented herself as this really tightly wound, super-duper Christian cat lady who was also fucking around in the warehouse. Yeah. Come on. Come on. That's, one, dirty, two... Your coworkers are like three feet away. Come on. Anyway, 
That's a tangent. Also, she married a politician who is super conservative, like he's coded conservative, who gets outed as being gay after supporting anti-gay legislation. (gasps) Magical. I wonder where they based that off of. I don't know. Anyway, this has been fun. This has been fun. Thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you for letting me. I was super excited to hear all about it. And I can't wait. Like, I would not be surprised if you get asked back, like, next year for the... I would love to. Heck yeah, dude. I would love to. That would be so much fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you. And I'm grateful for you. And I can't wait to hear more adventures of yours. Thanks. I can't wait to have more adventures with you. Oh, damn. Um, If you guys have any questions, like if you are uncertain about something that I said, or if you're like, "Uh, Jacob, tell me more about this. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, do you have email? Guess what we do? It's bestfriendhoodpod at gmail.com. Nice. How else Uh, can they reach us? uh, We're on Instagram and stuff. Otherwise, um, if you get the chance to... Writing us a review would certainly allow us the time and the space to read that review and go, let's reach out to that person Correct. with all of our love and gratitude. So rate a review, a subscribe would be tremendous. Yep. On whatever platform you're listening on. Any of them do that. That would be great. Um, otherwise, we're also on Patreon and uh, that's fun. Patreon.com slash best friendhood. You get your own handcrafted, lovingly made craft. Craft. At a us. certain level. At a certain level. Not every level gets Otherwise, it. you just get some other bonus content, like silly pictures of us. Yeah, an early release. An early release, and sometimes we... Yeah, we just I, do We stuff. haven't done, like, a blooper episode yet, but I think we should. Yeah, well, I'll have more free time now, so we can, like, bolster that Hell yeah. More. 2023. <laughs> Bloopers. Oh, God. My life is a blooper. <laughs> Here we go. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> please... I, I mean that in the best way. I know. Okay. Uh... I almost forgot what I was going to say, but it is simply, and most importantly, this, that you are loved. And you are worth being loved. We love you. We love you. Goodbye. And Jennifer Bate did our art. Oh, yeah. And she has a husband who's pretty decent. He's great. Yeah. He's legit great. Yeah, it's true. He's funny. He's intelligent. He's quite creative and handy. Hmm? And his long, gorgeous locks. Oh, my God, that hair. Fly like the Irish flag in the sun. (laughs) I think he'll like that last bit. I hope so. Okay, bye. Bye. That's how I end it.